millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to part two of our listeners special where we're answering all your questions and Googling stuff as we go on the hop because we're not as prepared as we should be. <laughs> so, if you thought part one ended a little bit abruptly, don't worry. We also thought that too, but we're glad you came back for part two. And also, <laughs> if you've got a problem with us looking up stuff as we go, just just stop listening. But also, I have to keep you going. I have to keep it going, Jen. We need to, you know. I know, you do. You do. Now, okay, so I'm going to start this one with a good one. It's from, not that the others weren't good. That not makes that awful. <laughs> yeah. Another good one. A, a, a good if one it's in one of with all of our previous good ones. If yours is one of the last questions we cover. They're all, they're all ones, great. They're all they're great. All good ones. There's a reason you'll love this one. Just listen. Okay. So honestly, guys. So Irina says, Happy New Year. I love Call the Midwife the most. It helps me to keep calm during the difficult period my country is going through. Greetings from Ukraine, dears. Oh, Bless the, and she listens to us and sent that in. Isn't that gorgeous? Oh my God, I love that. I I'm so glad that it brings her some calm and joy. And... Right, now, another question here from Dot on Facebook who says, what happened to Val after her grand died? Now, we haven't actually covered this in our series because we're still on series six. So Val's just joined us. Yeah. So does anyone want to take the floor on this one? Becky won't remember. I, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> does she just disappear like Jane? Yes, yeah, she did. She well, she did like kind of a midnight flit. She spoke to Sister Julienne, and Sister Julienne was saying that Val wants to leave, or she's left, and she just wanted to say bye, and that was that. It was really strange. It, it seemed to me like the actress wanted to leave. Yeah, yeah. But at we least were they, in mourning. It's, it sounds like at least they addressed it, and like Jane. Yeah, yeah. Maybe well, they got maybe feedback. had feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now another one. I... I just want to say, which is not a question, but I just want to say it. Happy New Year! I love the time I spend driving with your conversation to keep me company. So enjoyable. Keep it up. Thanks, Jana Smith. Love oh, and Jennifer Coran as well. I can't wait to spend an hour a week with you guys. Why? Thanks. Same. Oh. I know. I know. Okay, so 
Alison Purdy says, we've had Alison before, she's like an expert on these, you know, the nuns, the original oh, sisters, yeah. yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. Brilliant. So she said, it would be amazing if you were able to arrange some interviews with behind the scenes crew on the Call the Midwife, the set designers, costume department, research, camera crew. I have no idea how you'd go about arranging that though. Neither, Alison, but you, you are speaking our language because we also would absolutely love to do that. So this is a shout out. Yeah. I mean, they're probably listening, aren't they? So by well, yeah. Mom- my mom said to me the other day that she's convinced that the people on the show listen to our show. That people who work on the show or like are on the show listen to the show. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I don't oh, have any way to are not listening to it. If you do, honestly, please, can you just make yourself known? Because honestly, that would be how amazing would that be? Well, do you think look- they have somebody who's like a runner and their job is to, their job must be to scan social media and, and cover oh, this. Gotta have. So just to make sure that nobody's out there. I don't think they will do. I don't think they would have someone whose job to scan social media for it, to be honest. I think they've got someone who will do social media to be like, oh, look at us, call the midwife, we've got this series. But I don't think they'll have someone whose job's to scan the social media. No offence, not to... I think they have someone who who does some of that because, I mean, the thing is, like, you'd want someone looking around being, you know, saying, like, oh, should we repost this? Should we like that? Should we, you know... I mean, they'll want to, like, see what people are posting about it and... Yeah, but I don't think... Will they necessarily listen? (laughs) Why wouldn't they, Alex? Well... They'd be, they're missing out if they're, they're not. missing out, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I'll just say well, this. As someone who used to work in costumes, I would I would absolutely die if I got to go into that, like, wardrobe area, costume shop, like, the, the dressing room. Have you got rooms. any contacts? Oh, my goodness. Have you got any contacts from your Broadway years who would might know any contacts on the Call the Midwife wardrobe? See, I don't think I do because honestly, Britain and America are so they're just different universes. You know what I mean? They're they're they're, they're really they're separate. Not. And it's also like British television versus like American theater, which oh you know what? My sister works in film production though, so I'm gonna talk to her. I had never thought about that, but I'm like, I wonder if maybe like tangentially, like she knows a person of a person of a person. Ideally, I will say this. Oh, I'd love I it. think I love it. that the easiest way for this to happen is one of you just to slide in our DMs and say, look. I work in costume. I'll speak to you. I work in, I work on the show. I'll speak to you. We, you know, that'd be absolutely fantastic. We can disguise your voice if needs be. But yeah. ideally, it'd be the best thing <laughs> in the world. And listen, if you only have 10 minutes, that's fine. We'll take whatever we can get. And I realise we have only interviewed a six-year-old so far. But... <laughs> yeah, we will, we will actually do our research for this one. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'd really actually like to do is do like a mom's special where we get all of our moms to come on and like talk that. about we like don't life. <laughs> My mom will be trying to be like, give you all wine. But your mum, Jen. Yeah, your mum would be great. <laughs> okay, maybe we can get my mom on to talk about yeah. some stuff from yeah, the 1960s I definitely think we should 70s. have your mom on. She's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so we've got another one from Julie Coates who we hear from quite a lot. Hello, Julie. Oh, <laughs> love Julie. Yeah. So she's got a few questions. So buckle up, ladies. Okay. In the UK, do you always measure distance in kilometres? I recently read a book set in England written by an English author and she mentioned driving a number of miles. Is that unusual? I say miles. We do miles all the time. Yeah, same. So, so I think I think it's supposed to be kilometres, but okay. everyone just does miles. Huh, interesting. Can I just tell a story about my nephew? So my brother and my nephew went out for a run yesterday and I was doing the dog walk. So, and I actually bumped into my brother midway through his run while I was on the dog walk. And I said, where's my nephew? And he said, well, he's only doing a mile, so he'll already be home. So then I get home and I was like, oh, how did he get on? So he got confused and he thought that one mile was 10 kilometers. (gasps) 
So he was out running and he was just like, oh my God, this is so difficult. I just can't get to a mile. So he got home and he was really dejected because he was like, I've not even been able to do a mile. He'd done four kilometers. He'd done like 2.7 miles. Bless him. <laughs> That's amazing. For context, say how old he is. He's 13. That's amazing. What? Okay, next oh, question. Bless. Oh, On Call the Midwife, we see baby's weight mentioned in pounds. I think adults measure their weight in stone, which is 14 pounds. It is, Julie, because she's got a question mark there. Yeah. When do you transition from using pounds to stone? Just after babies, really, isn't it? Like, I don't well, want to add how many very pounds rare that you get. It's re- very rare that you get a baby that's over a stone. It has happened. Yeah. So would you say about Bob's like, oh, she's too stone? Yeah. I mean, but I don't would think you even? Stone, I don't even I don't think a child I'm, would you. I was about to say I've not, I've not weighed her for since. These two to weight when you when in the babies, you're obsessed with weight and you go in there all the time and she's putting weight on. I don't know why I'm worried because she was so fat, but uh, you know you you worry about it, don't you? And then the doctors there making a chart of what they weigh and is it going up and all this. But now, yeah, I can't I can't tell you the last time. She, I'll tell you actually, the last time she was weighed was at school. As part of this uh, health, yeah, they do, they do, and then they, they write in reception. Today. I don't know how much she actually weighed, but they do it in reception, and then okay. they do it again in like year six or whatever. So, uh, so I don't actually know how much it was. But basically, Just... once you get past like the young baby phase, yeah. So yeah. babies, it'll be pounds and ounces. <laughs> We've just had a... What are you doing here, mate? Well, it's our special extra correspondent. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> We're recording. You go right back out there. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Oh, she's so cute. Um, Sorry, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So so they, measure them, they, like... weigh them, they weigh them in reception to like do this study for the whole country. And then they weigh them in year six when they're leaving. And it's like this weird obesity study, but we don't actually see the results of that. That's the only time she weighed. Yeah. But if so, you had like a one-year-old that weighed like 20 pounds, you would say 20 pounds. You wouldn't say a stone and something, something. You'd probably say a stone. Like, I don't know. No one ever weighed. Why would you weigh a one-year-old? You wouldn't. I don't think you'd ever refer to the weight of a child. Huh. But in America, you do it in pounds, don't you? Yeah, because see, the thing is, like, when you when you go in for checkups and stuff, like, like when you have like a one year checkup, you would you would be like, oh, the child is, I don't know, like forty inches. I- I'm making these numbers up, I don't, you know. And then the 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 pounds are like twenty seven pounds or something. I mean, you that would you know because it's all about like a height percentile and a weight percentile, and that's kind of one of the metrics of you know assessing like yeah, growth now, and things like that. She did that. get weighed when she was two and the height done, but I can't remember them ever saying what the weight was like. And they just put it in the book and that was. I can't. Yeah. Oh, here's a funny little side note. My nephews went in for their checkups and they were told that they have heads in like the 97th percentile. Their heads are absolutely massive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, big brains. Oh, I mean, they're, it's so funny because like their heads are so big. I mean, they're very proportional. They do not look outsized of what they should be. But the doctor was like, oh, they have big heads. (laughs) Which really makes me laugh. Okay. We've got more questions from Julie here. Okay, Julie. Um, she said she'd love to hear about the history of our friendship. If I remember correctly, the three of you met when Jen had to study abroad year and you all lived together. Did Alex and Becky know each other before they met Jen? Were you excited about having an American roommate or apprehensive? <laughs> why did Jen <laughs> Very decide apprehensive. to do a... <laughs> And why did Jen decide to do a year abroad and how did she pick the university? That's a great question. So first I off, think... we'll do it bit by bit. Yeah, I th- so we, none of us knew each other before we met at university. No. And we right. all met, so we all met each other. Yeah, I lived at the same time. next door but Jen, one to Bex. 
Jen arrived, you arrived slightly late, didn't you? But it was, it was literally days. No, I mean, I, I arrived on the day. So it was, it was move-in weekend. So it was the first weekend of October of that year that we could all arrive in Lancaster. And I came on the second day of move-in weekend, I think. And everyone was kind of moving in and stuff like that. I think there were some girls who'd been there the day before, but that was it. One of the other American girls, I remember she and her mom had flown over like four or five days in advance and they didn't have jet lag or anything. And they were showered and like beautiful and all this kind of stuff. And I walked in <laughs> jet lagged to absolute hell and back. Like I was so hungry because I hadn't eaten in hours and hours and hours. Well, it felt like days to me. I was, I was disgusting because I had like sweated and then dried off and sweated and dried off as I'd like run through multiple airports like I didn't know what time it was I mean it was just I looked I was a mess when I showed up basically and I came by myself because I just flew over and my parents didn't come or anything like that so but I think we met on the Sunday of that first move-in weekend before freshers week at, at university right we did I was really annoyed because I wanted to go and see Chris Cornell on the Sunday night in Manchester the lead singer of Soundgarden and I my dad was like no this is your first day of university this is more important so I had to go and I was already in a bit of a mood and then he made me take yeah. loads of frozen food and when we got there do you remember the there was no freezers. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. You had to cook it. Freezer. Yeah. But then my dad was like, just cook some food and it'll get everyone talking. And ugh. Which he was right about that. He was Well, you say so that. Good. I live to this day still annoyed at everyone going on about me offering people potato wedges because I'm like, I didn't even <laughs> want to do it. That was my first memory of you. I think me and but Alex I... are quite unlikely friends. No. <laughs> well, Jen, our friends. Our friendships all had to kind of grow in this very interesting organic way. So, Julie, just for like one piece of context. So, the the university that we all met at, should we say the university? Yeah, yeah. You just said yeah. it. You've already said it. Lancaster. Oh, okay. So anyway, so we all met at Lancaster University. So, and we were in, so Lancaster is a series of colleges which have housing in them. And then there's all classes and lecture spaces in them as well. And so you kind of go from like various buildings to various buildings. Okay. So all of us lived in the same college and the way the building was set up, which now it's changed and it's all different or whatever, but it was basically a square shape with a donut hole in the middle. And all the rooms were you know, there were there were two rows of rooms on the inside of the donut hole and on the outside of the donut hole. And then on the corner of each of the squares, there was a kitchen. And so from halfway down your hallway to the corner and then halfway down the other hallway, you would all feed into the same kitchen, which was yes, a huge was common 26, area. 26 of us who all shared yeah. this massive kitchen. And there were like three sinks, three refrigerators, three freezers, ultimately, and oh, you know, a bunch of yet. tables, like a bunch of chairs. Like I think there was a little sofa in there by, you know, somebody put a TV at one point. And then so all of us kind of congregated in this one room and that's where most of our friendships all began and then we made friends with other people in the building and, and everything because our kitchen was also an all-girl kitchen but then we met and made friends with boys from like an all-boy kitchen and there's wild and amazing stories from all of that but we were all in the same <laughs> kitchen and so we all met and then people kind of started gravitating towards each other and I was one of two American no three Americans in our kitchen but then there were five American no four four Americans don't really matter. Few Americans yet. Few Americans. And then we had a couple other Americans that, that we made friends with and everything like that. But we were all in our study abroad year and you guys were in your first year of college. So for I me, need it was to my junior year of college. I need to explain why I think we're unlikely friends, Alex. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> because, I mean, we've you've touched on this with your New Year's Eve and Christmas Eve traditions, is that you're down the pub, you go into gigs. <laughs> like, I am a complete homebody so I just feel like <laughs> until I got to university that was just not my world at all yeah, yeah I'd been do I've been go I do remember I'd been going out a while some people thought I was a third year as well when we got there yeah, um, yeah. and I'd because I, I was quite 
well I'm just as loud as I just was born this way like you've just met me yeah. oh, she's the same we were just but very also, loud very confident without you, I'm not I don't I hope I'm not annoying but well I am a bit no not annoying but you'd also like grown up not far away from where you went to college too so you knew the local stuff like very very well, I've never to been me, to Lancaster in my life I know but Lancaster is like not even that far away from Manchester it's like 30 minutes or something yeah but I don't live in Manchester well I know but you're I mean I used yeah, to go out in Manchester all the time. Uh, yeah, the words is not close, but obviously in the scale of America, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the thing is, I definitely. I mean, it's funny you say that, Bex, about you and Alex, because I mean, Alex and I, we were friends, but remember, it was the, it was like almost halfway through the year. It was like over yeah. Christmas slash New Year break that I'd come back, and I we still had time before classes started, but people were going out and like partying and all that kind of stuff like that. And I had work that I hadn't done before I left for the holidays that I had to do to turn in on time for my classes to start. And then you were you were off. You Ill. were sick. The only basically. way, the only way I was not going out is because I was too ill. Like yeah, the exactly. work couldn't have stopped me. Yeah. So you were you were like held hostage inside because of that. <laughs> I was held hostage inside because of this. And because hardly anybody else was around, you and I just started spending a lot of time together. Well, also, I think I offered to type your essay up for you. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And that began a very beautiful tradition of you typing a lot of my essay. Well, not just yours, year. Jen. Seriously, everyone in the whole flaming <laughs> building. But also me and Bex were in the same corridor. Yes, um, you were. And then you were on a different corridor to us. Like it was still going to the same kitchen, but that's also another thing. Yeah. Now, the other yeah, question exactly. here. Were you excited about having an American roommate? I can tell you now, I was thrilled. And I mean that. That sounds awful. Is that true? I'm not joking. Honestly, I was absolutely next level thrilled because how into music am I? Or how, especially then when I was 18. And I was massively into American music. So obviously I wanted to go and see Chris Cornell, Soundgarden. Mm. Like I'm massively into rock music and massively into American music. So when I found out, if you remember, you sent me the tool rare CD that I couldn't get in this country. So I, I do. And I was thinking, I was there, oh my God, they're going to know all about these bands. And you kind of knew about them because you played them on, on the radio, but you didn't care about them at all. I was like, oh. but <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. I remember ringing, like one of my best friends, you both know very well. Um, oh, I remember yeah. ringing him being like, oh my God, I'm living with Americans. I bet she can get me this tool CD. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I, I was very excited to be there. Oh wait, one of the questions was why did I do this? Why did I do my year abroad? Yeah, why there? did Jen decide to do a year abroad and how did she pick the university? Okay. Well, I, from like sometime in high school, I knew I wanted to do a year abroad. I I just thought that would be the most exciting thing. Travel is a big part of our, you know, family history and everything. Like we'd lived um, overseas when I was a baby and stuff. So I was really into that. And then when I got to university, I immediately was like, what, what programs do they have for, for study abroad? And I started working on it in my sophomore year of high school. And the thing I really wanted to do was a full year program. And I thought I wanted to do England because I didn't have really any solid like language skills for another country and I felt a little bit intimidated about you know speak going to another language country where I didn't speak the language so I chose England I've also just always felt very drawn to England and like the UK and you know all that kind of stuff like that my my well, family your love for call the midwife shows Oh, yeah. exactly, exactly. My family heritage is, you know, Irish and European and stuff like that. So, anywho, so I really was into it. And at our at my school, the year long program for English, like like in England, was at Lancaster University. And I was like, okay, great, done. And and actually, I there was one very. It's like it's it was now as I reflect on it, there was one very small choice that I made that I think ultimately had a really big impact on me. So in my American university, I shared a dorm room with four other girls. So I had. I had a roommate, but then I had a, it was like a larger room where we, there were two bedrooms and then we had a 
like a common space and everything. And I didn't really like that very much. I didn't really like sharing my room. And so when I oh, got, I can't to... imagine sharing a room. That is awful. That's, no. I don't think that's a very common no. thing in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just wasn't into it. And so I was doing all the paperwork that I had to do for my year abroad and everything. And there was a thing about living arrangements and how you wanted to, you know, go about it. And they gave you an option of, do you want to share? Or do you want your own room? And I hemmed and hawed and everything because I could hear like my parents' voice in my head, like, well, if you have a roommate, then that'll be someone you'll get to know, you know, like da da da. And I was like, yeah, but I don't really want to do that. So I checked off the single room and as luck would have it, I ended up where I ended up. And I just, I just count myself very, very lucky because that was, oh, just it was amazing. Oh, it was, it was truly one of the best years of my life. I Next, would why did you back. choose Lancaster? So my brother also went to Lancaster and I was just really lazy. Like I didn't really look around. <laughs> <laughs> You two will be shocked by this. I actually chose it because it was number one for my subject, which is the most unbrand Alex thing ever. And a really sensible decision rather than going, because actually I wanted to go to Manchester where all the gigs were. My dad was like, Alex, you'll be bankrupt in a week. Go where you actually should do. Make the right choice. I was like, okay. And when I went, I was quite shy and I mentioned I'm a bit of a homebody. So I didn't really want to go to university. And my mum was like, mm. if you don't like it by Christmas, you can obviously leave, but just give it until Christmas. And then I just, ne- I just loved it. I never looked back. Oh, we had a great time, didn't we? Oh, yeah. yeah. So good. Was really good. Oh, so good. Um, Alex and I, in our second year, we had to live off campus. So Alex and I lived together. Yeah. And then third year, we were back on campus. But then, Jen, you also lived in the UK. Like, you moved back. I did. I did. So I came and visited you guys a couple times after I left. And then I was, we were all such good friends, obviously continued to be good friends. And another one of our friends from that same kitchen, she and I also were really good friends. And after she graduated, she was like, you know, I'm going to move, you know, out to the you know, out of, you know, the thing and kind of start life or whatever. And she's like, do you want to come? And I was like, that sounds amazing. So I moved back and then I lived in the UK for over, not quite two years, but, and that was a whole long, long story, very interesting period of life. But I just say we are all so friends with her. You made it sound like we didn't even know her. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, all of us were all friends. It's like a very big, beautiful friendship group that I cherish, cherish daily. That'll be in my gratitude jar for this year. And I know some of our listeners are at university. And I will say that like we will meet up and we've not seen each other for like and also with like our wider friendship group. Yeah. And like we've not there are obviously people you keep in better contact than than others. But I will say that when we meet up again, it is literally like we lived with each other like and moved out. All the we, time. Yeah. It is it's just like, like no, no time, time has passed. passed. Yeah. Sorry, Beck. Sorry, sorry. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so Julie says, I'm terrible at keeping in touch with people. I think it's wonderful that you've maintained your friendship for so many years. Well, it's us too, I'm not going to lie. It's been amazing. Yeah. Also, can I just say also here, were you excited about having an American roommate or apprehensive? Lols. <laughs> <laughs> were you apprehensive, Bex? Uh, do you know what? I, and I didn't, ex- I didn't, I don't think I expected it. No, I don't think I expected it. I also expected yeah. boys. So when we also moved in, I thought there would be boys there because I put I have a lot of friends who are boys. That makes me sound weird. Not I'm not one of those weird people. I'm friends with girls and boys. But because I was into music and stuff, like I had a lot of friends who were lads, and I just expected to be living with boys. And then it wasn't. We weren't. I think we should. So the reason they do this is that they won't put girls on in ground floor accommodation. So on the ground floor, there were some kitchens which were all boy kitchens. Yeah. So the rest of the kitchens were mixed, but ours, to make up for the fact that there was an all-boy kitchen on the ground floor, ours was an all-girl kitchen. Yeah. 
And girls, I'll just say I'm really grateful we were an all-girl kitchen because I did not have guy friends really at this stage in my life. And I was, I, you know, very, I think I, I, I don't think I would have come out of my shell in the same way because, I mean, I'm naturally like a very introverted person. And with people I know in situations where I feel comfortable and, you know, especially like when I've been able to kind of recharge the batteries and everything like that, I have, I'm, you know, very I'm, I'm what you hear and see and know what me as, but I think I would have been much quieter and much more reserved if there were guys around, especially if I just because I don't know, I was just it was an awkward time for me. So having well, now, I live, now I live with a man, more... I would not want to share a kitchen with disgusting boys. So now, <laughs> well, can I confess something? which I've not confessed in 20 years because whenever we talk about university everyone's like oh I can't believe you got an all-girl kitchen I I put down to be in an all-girl kitchen oh, did oh, you know? did. I didn't even know that was an option I don't think I got that option either but I, I was a different case because I was obviously for an exchange but yeah, yeah and the reason that I did it is because my brother helped me with the application and he said put an all-girl kitchen you're gonna mix with like other groups with your lectures but like in terms of like making good solid friends like you're going to make some good solid friends if you're in an all-girl kitchen it is your good solid friends are you yeah Yeah. that's actually very good advice from him and i think from like probably didn't want to say boys jen because he's probably been a bit (laughs) (laughs) but i think i i probably in the way jen kind of said that she wouldn't have come out of herself in the way i think i would have been the same yeah, defo, defo for me. And there were and girls this- in the kitchen that were that were very quiet, you know, that like even in that environment, they were still very, very quiet, which I think is their personality. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But just, you know, yeah, interesting. Right. So thank you, Julie. That's uh, all those answered. On to also, can I just say, I feel like Julie is like me and Julia on the same wavelength, because these are totally the questions I would have asked. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I did think? I thought, oh. This is the kind of thing that Ben would like to know, like the history of everything. Uh, okay, so we've now got Victoria and she says, Hi, ladies. I love your podcast and I get excited every time I see there's a new app. I follow a lot of podcasts. Yours is one of the few where I have notifications set up so I see when there's a new one out. You go straight to the top of the playlist. Do you know, this oh! blows my mind. No, this is this is Victoria, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah is it Victoria? Victoria? Yeah. Oh, I thought Beck said. I thought that Beck said Julie again. No, she said do you know. know. Oh, do you know? Oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> Oops, sorry. I was thinking, what you? Yeah, this blows my mind because of. I mean, I just feel like others are much slicker than ours. What? No offense. <laughs> <laughs> Dare you? But you know I when we say like we can't I I have our podcast on the on a thing as well, so it, it puts us straight to the top. I do it, but I think I, love, yeah. I thought it'd literally be like only us doing it. Well, yeah, this is what we've said before. Like, we can't believe we've got so many regular listeners and people in so many different countries. I know, I love it. Well, anyway, look, so that's not what all she has to say. Let's actually oh, get back. Okay, we're, okay. just, we're just talking too much. Okay. The podcast, I get it. But, you know, let's stay on the subject. <laughs> I wanted to write in about two topics. First, Jen saying she'd love to visit stores back in the 50s and 60s. I would too. There was a BBC series recently called Back in Time for the Corner Shop, where a family ran a corner shop through the decades with products, shopping habits and changing social landscape reflecting each time period. A Google search, Yeah, I know. A Google search suggests there is also a US version, but I haven't watched it. So that's something. That's something oh, for you. Oh, send me that message so I can I search will. for that show. I, I will. absolutely die to watch that show. Now, she says here that she works for Unilever and we have a marvellous team of archivists who have lots of old packaging and advertisements from our brand over the decades. Advertisements. I don't know why I said advertisements. They have a public Instagram account at Unilever Archives, which is fascinating to follow. She's on it now. I literally, I'm looking at her getting her phone out and so is Beth. <laughs> Okay. I also learned that they provided some of the packaging seen on the shelf in the Back in Time series I mentioned. 
In my next watch through, I'll keep an eye out for any Unilever brands on the shelves in the background and call them midwife. I wouldn't be surprised if we supplied those too. Now, can I just say, Victoria, if you do see any, let us know. That is Please amazing. Do. Yeah. Wait, but what's the Instagram again? At Unilever Archives. Okay, so uh, second oh, topic. Oh, I'm following. I'm following. <gasps> oh, this is a treasure trove. I know. So good. Oh, so, my goodness. This is going to be topic. my number one. Girls, I, we're going to have to pause the pod. I, I don't think I can. Um... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Oh, my God. Okay, focus, Jen. Focus. She's clapping. She's just clapped you like a dog. This is the best thing I've seen ever. Okay, I'm dying. Okay. Second topic, Dr. Turner singing. You may not be aware that Stephen McGann and Laura Main recorded a charity single of When I Fall in Love back when they were first getting together on the show. I did not know that. I I have since looked it up. Look it up. Her singing, of course, is marvellous. His is not too bad, really. Still got a bit of water tune there. I've been listening. Please keep going with the podcast. I'm excited to hear about what you think about each episode. Best wish to Victoria. Thank you so much for messaging Victoria. Oh, Victoria. You beautiful woman. Yes. Next one. Dear Jab, Jen, Alex, Bex. <laughs> <laughs> That's very rat. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. I love it. Long time listener, first time caller. Love it. <laughs> right. I have been meaning to write for months, but I am a terrible procrastinator. Same. Oh, However, same. I looked at my Spotify rap statistic and it turns out I'm in the top 2% of listeners worldwide for Recall the Midwife with 5,046 minutes listened for the last year. Last count oh in November. In I'm four- clapping. I don't know if you can hear my clapping, but I'm clapping. Yeah. I listen to your podcast when I cook, ride the bus in the morning when I don't want to get ready for work but need to, or, or when I just need to keep my mind busy. I like to listen to things I'm familiar with that give me comfort as a form of self-soothing in this crazy world as it helps with my anxiety. Same. I do. I listen oh, to the same things over and over again. And that's, that's why I like watching episodes of Called Midwife over and over again. Same. Oh. Same. Exactly. Like we're just so, on a yeah. quick side note. Obviously, I'm about to have my surgery, or when I do have my surgery, I've got a list of things I'm going to be watching, and I think I'm just going to start watching Call the Midwife from the start again. Yeah, yeah. It soothes Wait. me. My partner and I found Call the Midwife during the beginning of the pandemic and absolutely gobbled it up. I still watch the show all the time. I can't wait for the Christmas special. I'm hoping for a two-parter. We are overdue. I have no one else to talk about the show with. As none of my friends watch it, so I have taken to asking anyone I meet from the UK if they watch it on the off chance they too are a fan. <laughs> <laughs> My partner wants me to stop doing this and feels embarrassed, so I'm doubling down. I love listening to you guys <laughs> laugh and bounce off each other, and I love laughing along. I love Aww. this. 
Okay, so you're ready. Her, their partner is like me when we went to the Call the Midwife talk. <laughs> they really are being embarrassed <laughs> by my, which we've spoken about. I've been, I was born like this. I was <laughs> into our kitchen at university like this. But okay. But also, so, when we when we did go to that talk, there were lots of people whose partners had been dragged along. Yeah, there really mm-hmm. were. Mm-hmm. Which you looked like, but actually, you're a, you're actually a co-host. I'm actually a fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I have a few notes. Yes, couples do dance in the kitchen together. My partner and I do so frequently, often to music from the show. In fact, I have fallen in love with the music and we listen to late 50s and early 60s music often. Now, can I just say, we are actually recording on New Year's Day, but on New Year's Eve last night, Rick Astley and Rylan were singing along on uh, the TV and (laughs) me and my husband actually did dance. Because I went up to go to the toilet and he was going getting a drink and we were like, hey, he did a dance. And it, I was like, oh my gosh, we actually are doing this. I need to mention the podcast. And he was like, you're weird. Oh, that is so cute. That yeah, is it was so like, cute. just live in the moment, enjoy life. And I was like, write this down. <laughs> I didn't write it down. Didn't write it down. Oh, now, this is, this is one for me. More klaxons, please. I understand the Horlitz klaxon no longer being relevant to the show, but we need new ones. Possible examples include random Compline nuns klaxon, Fred scheming klaxon, in the family way klaxon. The choices are endless. Now, we do have the coming away klaxon. But we do need to. We'll have a we'll have a brainstorm about that. But I do like the, yeah. Uh, yeah. the one about complimenting nuns. That's a good one. Oh, you know what else would be funny is if we if we developed a call the midwife bingo game, and then each episode it's like, did we get bingo? You know, because there's always things that happen, like Sister Monica Jones stealing cake, or you know Phyllis holding a clipboard and ordering people around, or Doctor Turner saying something zany or whatever. You know, we we could we could do a bingo game from someone saying ass first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one of my favorite bits was when you were talking about the gas and air when you were in labor. Me. And you didn't want the nitrous, but your husband loved it. I was laughing out loud. (laughs) That was hilarious, actually. That was so Okay, so their question is, and there's something else at the end as well, which is amazing. So question, where do you see the podcast going if you get all the way caught up on episodes? Now, this is something, Manny, we'll speak, I'll speak the last bit as well. But um, so Manny, this is something we've actually been discussing, isn't it? Because obviously, it's halfway through really now at the moment. Or no, just a bit more than half, less than halfway because it's thirteen series now, isn't there? But yeah. how long have we been doing it for? Eighteen months. Yeah. So, so and we've been yeah. taking breaks and stuff. But also, we have spoken about the fact that obviously they'll be they'll be we'll be absolutely inundated, obviously, in a minute. Like after after we've actually uh, put this podcast out because we're going to have all the people who work on the show messaging us. Heidi Thomas is going to be begging for an interview. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Ideally for us, we want to speak to people who work on the show. We want to do speak to the writers, everything like that. We want to speak to costume. That would be absolutely amazing. We want amazing. to also get Jen over here to do a tour of the dockyards where they film it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go to the Ritz for afternoon tea. But that's, yeah, we'll record bits of that. But we'll probably be a bit drunk by the end. Um, so we want to do that. The other thing that I thought we could do is like an in-depth review on each character. I think that would be really good. Like an in-depth oh, yeah. look at the characters and talk about them and that kind of thing. Another one would be good would be like top five podcast, you know, top not podcast, top five episodes and things like that. Now, someone yeah. else, I've lost the question on here actually before, was asking about our top five episodes, but I'll have a look through my notes in a minute. But um, but yeah, like our top five episodes and that kind of thing. So we could do like top fives, top tens, that kind of thing as well. Mm. But the yeah. other thing we've discussed is actually going on to another TV show. Yeah. And we've discussed, because we're all big fans of Downton Abbey, and I've already yeah. come up with the perfect title for the podcast. Yes. I want that. You did text it. It was Downton Blabby. <laughs> that was it. Which is outstanding even if I do say so myself weren't there two options there's another one Gabby oh Downton Gabby and Downton Blabby just because we're talking about <laughs> Downton and 
Flabby's better in it. Yeah. No one steal that, please. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was also me who came up with Recall, the midwife, which, again, I think is brilliant because we're doing it. It was. I, was I mean, so Alex driving force behind this. Well, and, and one yeah. thing... The question should be, what what does Alex think she'll move on to? What she yeah. Jen and Becky and her And way. then we'll just, we'll <laughs> just be... She'll just gather us and, and herd us to the next project, basically. That's basically um, what's going to happen. I'm going to make also, you join. <laughs> we've also just talked about more books that we're going to read. Like, oh, we yes. have the third book of Jennifer Worth, and then we've got, I think, Dr. Turner put out a book. Yeah, well, there's a cookbook as well. Which I thought yeah. would be really funny, fun if we all did the like. I might like get a recipe to do the recipes now. Just try them. But anyway, either way, it just sounds good. <laughs> so yeah, we've got plans to kind of keep things peppered in, and then we'll keep doing listener specials and like you know we want to yeah. extend. But extend also, this. hopefully, it carries on a lot longer than you know. Hopefully, yeah. it just carries on. I mean, at the rate they're going, they could have a whole other season out, you know, and then another season, and the, you know, like that. It's it's been renewed, all you know, and 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 let's just say hypothetically, we catch up and we're current, and we take a recall the midwife pause while we're waiting for the next season. We'll come back and do the next season. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah of course. But also, hopefully, so, they hopefully the BBC, knowing what a massive hit it is, will do stuff like prequels and things like that with it. Oh, would out. love That'd be a amazing. Prequel. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. But it's not That's... the BBC is it? because it's their own production company. Yeah, but I just mean the BBC asking like, for other because it? it's, it's got other such a ratings winner, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so these, these are the ideas we need to discuss with Heidi Thomas, I think. Yeah. Okay, so this is also from Manny. I will close by telling you a little bit about myself. Now, can I just say uh, it does say give me permission to say all this? I'm not just letting everything out. Okay. <laughs> about the lives. Okay. I am 32 and I am black, Native American and white. I am madly autistic and a trans man, female to male. I am also a trans man who went to an all-girls Catholic prep school with lots of nuns for teachers, so I feel like I've got a unique take on the show. I'm yes, really good as well. <laughs> yes, I know. I thought I would mention being trans because I know there are a lot of episodes that involve the LGBTQ community, especially coming up, and I'm always happy to talk about it if you need chiming in. I'd say for the most part, Call the Midwife does a pretty good job. I'm still watching. Feel free to read any of this on the podcast. I'd love to a shout out. Happy holidays, Manny. Happy holidays, Manny. That is amazing. Manny, yes. Happy holidays. Hope you have a great 2024. I love yeah. it. You mean, you already are gonna because you're dancing in the kitchen with your beautiful partner. So just keep it going. Exactly. Exactly. And also, like, I really appreciate that that they are a fan of the show and that they appreciate our commentary because one thing that we talked about is always wanting to be understanding and respectful and, you know, respecting the time period of the show. But then also, you know, I mean, we're watching it as a 2020s you know, audience and everything. So, yeah, if there's ever anything you want to chime in on, we, we always love feedback. So. Well, on that subject, Ali, who is another one of our top fans hi Ali they message a, a lot on uh, on Instagram and Twitter as well so another top fan love it so they sent a Reddit post that they actually contributed to but it's on the whole this whole subject so I love the unrealistically sweet Turner family this is what someone else is saying mm, uh, yeah this is this is a Reddit thread so anyone who doesn't know Reddit's a website where you can put a thread and then someone talk, replies to it it's a bit like Twitter but I do want Timothy to find a little bit of spice to his storyline next season a romance a party streak something what I really want for is to be him to be gay and have Dr Turner put his money where his mouth is in terms of acceptance and perhaps pride someone else says mm. I've been wondering if they were hinting at that a season or two ago when he was in med school and they asked him a couple of times if he had a girlfriend slash anyone he was interested in and he just rolled his eyes I would love to see them handle this in their family and at a time when the gay rights movement is starting and it's a different scene than it was 10 years ago when Dr Turner advised the young man to be chemically castrated to avoid jail very good oh. yeah 
Someone else has put, yeah, Timothy being great, gay in the storyline being handled the right way would be great. So someone else has just put here, he almost certainly doesn't remember it, but I was speaking to Max, the actor who plays Tim, on Twitter a few years back, and he was like, yeah, Tim is defo bi. Not to mention that Max also came out as gay a while back, um, so uh, it would be a queer actor in the role as well. So I would love for them to utilise the early 70s hippie movement in a gay Tim storyline. I think it would line up really well, especially with him being a student too. Either way, Tim is not straight and I will die on this hill. (laughs) (laughs) Also, so Ali reckons that they they really would like to put this Timothy gay storyline, but they could maybe tie it in with Jeffrey because obviously Trixie's brother, Jeffrey's gay. So that would be an amazing Christmas episode. I just think that'd be amazing. Like a storyline between them two. Doesn't even not even a relationship, just the fact that they Timothy can go to him for advice about being gay. Yeah, I totally forgot that Trixie had a gay brother. Oh, interesting. But has he, have they acknowledged that on not, the show? Not at where we're at in terms of watching it right now, but in future seasons, clearly In the Christmas have. special, they do refer a lot to Jeffrey living with a friend. Yeah. I thought it was Wait, which, which, which Christmas special? The one you've got to watch. Oh, oh, okay. Because I was going to say, I didn't, I mean, I none of us even knew Tr- Trixie had a brother until way later <laughs> on. It's for the wedding prep, didn't they? Right, 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 of course. Yeah. Yeah. But he's back in the Christmas special. Oh, you know, I think, I think Tim being gay would be really interesting, actually. I had never given that any thought, but that, that would be, that would be a wonderful, like, storyline to explore. Like, complicated and, yeah, not easy, but I think that would be great. I think that would be great. Yeah. Cool idea. Look at these people coming up with these cool, cool ideas. Okay. So last one for now. I can't find the one where it says about your top fives, but I've kind of answered anyway. So sorry. I will will (laughs) go through. I've I've been using my phone for the things like taking pictures of sandwiches. Okay. (laughs) So Serene Leeds writes from the Emotional Abuses Real podcast. Yes. Yeah, we're fans of that podcast. She says, I thought of you all today as I visited my favourite British tea room in Manhattan, Picks in Stories. I went and had a look at the uh, pictures that went, they were amazing. There was like a proper British tea room and they had like Victoria Sponge and things like that in the actual, it would look really nice. So yeah, just just say thanks. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all the, uh, all the questions we've got for today. I love it. I love it. Our um, listeners are so great. They're so smart. They're so cool. They're so funny. They're so emotionally intelligent. Like, and now when they listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> I like hearing everybody else's take on it. Yeah. yeah. Me as well. Yeah. Well, you know, it again, I mean, th- like the show, I think if you're a fan of the show, it says something about you and not to you know get too deep in terms of like oh if you like certain types of tv that that's some kind of you know referendum on your personality but i do think that if you are interested in call the midwife there are some you know there are some common themes there and i just i feel like you know it's a it's a space for a really intelligent thoughtful you know sensitive audience and the people who listen to us and give us such amazing feedback and commentary and questions and everything are just in that world and and the thing I really love and this was something I was so shocked about when we started doing this is that it ranges from every age like we've we have listeners who've written in that are like teenagers all the way up to much 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 older women and adults and things like that and then like you know every gender and every kind of life experience and cultural background and everything and it just to me that just speaks volumes so i just think it's so cool it is amazing i've missed a load of questions but i can't find them so we'll have to wait for the next one send them in again everyone (laughs) no but we can well we can pepper them into the end of series yeah yeah oh yeah 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 yeah. definitely 
Are we but also, the, question one of the reasons away? when you spoke about opinions, then Bex, one of the reasons I wanted it to be three of us having this podcast as well. Like, obviously, you can bounce off each of them all, but I just feel like that's three different opinions, and I feel like mm-hmm. these storylines are so complex and so amazing that sometimes they will have different. Like, you know, you two ganging up with that Marnie against me, but like, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Like, there will be different opinions. We're not always going to have the same one, but I think with a third person mixed in there as well, I think it will give just a differing opinion. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, and, and it's it is interesting how sometimes all three of us will have a different take, we'll all have the same take, or like one of us will go out on a limb or whatever. And there's every combination you can imagine. And I mean, one thing that I always think is so fun about what, when we talk about it is that all of us, there's a lot of stuff that all of us notice, but then there's stuff that all of us noticed very independently of each other. And it was just a detail that struck us yeah. individually. And then we highlight the thing that it. Never shocked, the other thing that never fails to shock me is how much we miss and other people tell us. <laughs> <laughs> It's also, we're really on a lot of topics. We're really quite unqualified to talk about them, but yeah, we still. <laughs> oh, I know what there was. There was someone who asked about birth in America versus birth over here. Oh, right, right, right. And well, we I'll... haven't done research, so. Well, I'll just say this because, you know, and I, I know you guys will know this too from, you know, your life experiences. So I haven't had a baby, but, you know, been around so many like close friends and family and my sister who's had hers. And the thing I think that's really different in terms of what I hear that you guys have versus us is that because of the way our health care system is organized in this country, if you have access to care, then that's great and you can get really good care and that's wonderful. But there's a huge variation between what you get depending on what you have, basically. And so, you know, as as always in our system, you know, what health insurance you have access to determines what kind of coverage and treatment you're going to get and, you know, how you're going to be able to navigate that. There's almost nothing that's built in as just a baseline. I mean, we do have, um, you know, a, a health insurance program for people who are very low income or no income, which, you know, kicks in. And there are programs for new mothers that are very low income that kick in if things, if you need those services, but they're, they're not automatic. They're ones you have to, you know, sign up for, recertify for. And then, you know, we don't have we don't have maternity leave that's mandated. I mean, um, you know, most women get six weeks if you're lucky and you're employed, but that just means that they hold your job. There's no paid maternity. If your company offers it or your you know, situation offers it, then that's great. But that's not something that we have. There's, you know, and there's just a lot of other like, you know, post. Well, the other thing. So I, I'm really high too, brow so. and I watch Teen Mom and things <laughs> like that, 16 and pregnant because I'm, you know, yeah ridiculously highbrow and you know it's that an opera music for me so <laughs> so I watched Teen Mama stuff what really shocked me was whenever they're all about to have the baby they always have to have a doctor there they're always like oh my doctor's meeting me there or I'm gonna meet my doctor yeah. there mm-hmm. whereas that's totally different from birth in the UK like they go when they see the midwives and if there's a problem right at the very end you have to see a doctor but you're with a midwife 99.9% of the time there's mm-hmm. no need for a doctor there but there seems to be you have to have a doctor there and the doctor's there the whole time for the birth. It's just, it just seems really strange to me. Yeah. Well, and you also, have a doctor the whole time you're pregnant, really, pretty much. With insurance, I always assumed that like health insurance was like a small amount each month. I thought it was like 20, 30 pounds a month premium. Now, look, can you have small premiums? Yes. that You know, I actually was very blessed in the job I currently have where my monthly premium is is greatly reduced because I'm 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 very, very lucky in the health insurance that I currently have. But before I had this job, I had to buy my own health insurance. I was not part of a company. I was just on the marketplace and I was paying hundreds of dollars every month. Yeah, and well, a single again, woman. Because I'm really highbrow, I watch TikTok 
And there's a quote <laughs> on there that I watch, which is all about custody. I love it. Yeah. And they're constantly asking that it's about people who come against. It's like child court cases where custody arrangements and it's always these really awful men who are trying to get out of paying like child support and stuff i love it yeah and yeah. they're always like how much are you paying insurance a month and they're like oh uh, like 179 dollars for one chat and you're like what and that's just for the children let alone them yeah i mean my brother and sister-in-law so they're they she she's the person who's whose employment carries their family's health insurance they have a very very good health insurance plan which they're very lucky to get but they have to pay a health insurance premium every month because it's for it's for people two adults and two kids of i want to say between three and five hundred dollars a month yeah and that just pay. blows my mind i i think we've growing up i've just taken for granted free health care yeah mm. Mm. yeah i mean listen hold on to it and fight for it and you know get as much of it back and set well, up next, and... let's get to the streets <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, the thing is, America has been grappling with this issue for a long, long, long time. I mean, we started talking about universal health care in, you know, like over a century ago, and we haven't been able to do it because it's such a, you know, complicated issue. And anyway, I won't go into the whole thing. Well, I could go just to go back off, to but... call the midwife, obviously, Ugh. do you remember when it first started in series one and everything? Yeah. They were really confused and lots of the women didn't really know about because it, it was so brand new, the, the NHS. That yeah. they didn't realize a lot of it was free and were not going for it because they didn't they just weren't used to it they didn't realize so a lot of yeah. women weren't getting the care they needed when the series first started because they weren't yeah. used to it and they didn't know they could get it and they didn't know what they were what their rights were and yeah do you know what opened my mind to it was the, this is really embarrassing the 2012 olympics opening ceremony because <laughs> it showcased the united kingdom and it wasn't when, until when that... you were a full adult sorry what yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't until that point that i realized that the national health service was really like the exception to the norm yeah yeah just yeah. To, i don't know on that note i was also at the 2012 olympics just what i say i saw the men's 200 meters final what saw you saying there we go there we go. Well, I'll just say I had a, I had a really, this one was like really knocked my socks off. I still think about it. So a friend of ours from our unique times and everything, I was over visiting and she and I were walking somewhere. She just had her first daughter and the baby was, her baby was under a year, but not very much under a year. Like I want to say she was like, you know, 10 or 11 months or something like that. And so she was like, oh, you know, I'm getting ready to go back to work and, you know, I'm excited, but I also don't want to leave her because I really love being at home and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, like how's it been going or whatever. And she's like, yeah, she's like well it's really been you know she's like it's been amazing but it's been tough because when I first went off maternity leave I was getting my full pay for x amount of time but she's like but then at like six months I got I started getting only half and then she's like and then for the past couple months I've only been getting like I don't know some smaller percentage or something and or like nothing at this point and then now I'm going to go back at a year and then I'll obviously go back to my regular wage and she was like yeah I just you know it's really tough because you know losing all that income and I just was like uh uh, uh, like the, the idea yeah, that but it blows my mind that you don't get maternity leave anymore, but also it. the we... fact that mums are going back to work after like six weeks and putting like, that blows my absolute mind. I, I, I was planning on going back to work at nine months and then I was just like oh I can't she's so little and then I waited till yeah but I was just I couldn't like six weeks I just couldn't do I it I know. But but also, how do you exclusively will, breastfeed? And this will blow your mind, Jen, because on that year that you're on maternity leave, that you're not in work, you still accrue your holiday entitlement, which is normally four or five weeks. So 
a lot of women tag that onto the end of their maternity leave. Yeah, so like right. the last month, so they'll actually have 13 months off yeah. and the last month is just their holiday for the previous year. So that last month they go back up to full pay. Well, and don't even get me started on the fact that you guys just generally start a new job with like three weeks of vacation, like from the word go. And then it builds up from there. I mean, Europe is so much better about time off than the US. I mean, most jobs here, if you have a good job, you'll start with two weeks and then you can start going up to there, but it will usually max out max out at like three maybe four weeks if you've worked somewhere for a really long time and believe me i i wish that we had the maternity coverage and the and the care that you guys have in your country like i would like it would be truly life-changing i'm not i'm not being hyperbolic it would be truly life-changing to women people who have babies families parents of all types everything if we had that support over here and I you know there's a lot of us fighting for it and advocating for it and I just I hope that we can get more more traction on it and get more of it happening but yeah it I mean, you know, look, like there's a lot of really happy and well cared for and completely, you know, I mean, you know, we're we're doing great in a lot of ways. So I don't want to paint this like incredibly bleak picture, but at the same time, like we just don't have the same kind of coverage in a, in a lot of ways that you guys do and it's something that I really wish we would get cuz yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, but I mean, I, you know, in terms of like a birth, like an actual birth experience, I bet you giving birth in the UK is probably very similar to giving birth in the US if we're just talking about that one part yeah, of it, but it's just hard <laughs> as hell, basically. <laughs> The other thing about holidays that you don't ever have to worry on this podcast is you can re-listen whenever you want for free. Yes! (laughs) But also, yeah, if you could give us a like, give us a subscribe. Is there anything you want us to discuss for next time or just send to us in the meantime? I will try and not lose it. I don't know where I've put those bits. I've I've printed some stuff out and lost everything. So, (laughs) well done me. It's Christmas. Everything goes missing in between Christmas and New Year, including my brain and your notes. So, yeah, send us any questions you have, any messages you want to send us, DM us, email us at... Recallthemidwife at gmail.com. You can follow us on X, formerly Twitter, threads, Facebook, Instagram. Instagram, YouTube. Follow us. uh, Yeah, YouTube as well. You can subscribe and listen to us on YouTube. You can't see us because you don't want to. Honestly, it's awful. Any podcast platform. Yeah, it's all for free. Please, please, please like, subscribe, give us a review. A great review would be great. Yeah, no, it really helps. If you don't yeah. like us, don't bother. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> thank you so so much for listening. And it's been it's been really fun. Do you know what's really fun about this? I was about to say the really, really good thing about this is we don't have to do any prep. I'm supposed to. I really didn't bother that much this time. So really enjoyed well, we it. I mean, I know it was part one, but we all had to get our sandwiches and everything ready to go. True. And I actually recorded that, so you'll listen to that as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. that'll been out already. I don't even know why I'm saying that. Yeah. You, you've heard it. You're welcome. Well, so. we hope you all enjoyed part two. Like, we truly make, we we love the show. We make it because we love, we love it. But we, it's now, I think, become a real, like, labor of love for you guys, too, because we've just gotten so much amazing feedback. And I feel. Yeah, it's been so lovely. Yeah. What a great idea I had. It, it's true you did you brought us all together for this you do get the okay. credit yeah okay. yeah thank you thank you gratitude one for the gratitude jar jen uh, it's going in there you're you're laughing but it's going in there <laughs> <laughs> right. All right see you next time everyone thank you so much for listening next time yeah. we will be recording series seven episode one yeah, series know, seven 
things are heating up. Yeah, thank you so well, much for not, listening. It's still the big freeze. Oh, it is. Oh, it's still the big freeze because Heidi's so factually correct. That's perfect. Oh, also, and I meant to mention this when we talked about it, but I really think in the big freeze Christmas special, you can start to see Trixie's baby bump because she's like, they've given her different outfits and yeah, her, her waistlines are different. And there's a couple times where she's standing to the side and it's like just the very, it looks like the very beginning. Yeah. And because yeah. I know she leaves for her maternity leave later on, I was like, oh, it's a pregnancy baby bump. And so anyways, I just have well, I wondered if it was that or if it was too early. So I was going to just wait. But yeah, I think you might be right because I did think well, that too. I, it's my conjecture. I'll just say that. Also, guys, why can we never, ever finish an episode? Yeah, let's 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 wrap this up. Okay, bye. Right, bye. Bye-bye. See you next week. <laughs>Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.